Welcome to Press TV Spotlight. I'm Marzia Hashimi. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, it's day three of a ceasefire which has come to an end. This after 48 consecutive days of some of the worst weapons to exist falling on the heads of Gazans in one of the most densely populated places in the world. Now, the sight and sounds of bombs falling, phosphorus burning, cut into pieces, missiles made by the USA and used by the Zionist regime against Palestinians have been quieter the last three days. This as people in a devastated Gaza try to get supplies if they are able to as uncertainty looms. Will this ceasefire be extended or not? We're going to be taking a look at that on this spotlight. But right now, I want to cross over to Ramallah, and uh, we're getting these live images in uh, from Ramallah, where 39 prisoners uh, have uh, been released. So I should say 39 Palestinian hostages, actually. They have been released out of Israeli uh, detention. As we've seen in the last couple of days, uh, Palestinians uh, have... Uh, been, of course, elated in seeing these individuals being released. Of course, uh, we have seen that most of them are uh, women um, or children, some who were very, very young when they were taken by the Israeli regime. Again, you're looking at these live images there coming out of Ramallah. And interestingly enough, uh, of course, the Israeli regime uh, has said that they were going to crack down on the Palestinians, showing their happiness for the prisoners being released. So um, this was a, another threat by the regime of uh, actually the Palestinians should control and contain uh, their happiness and, of course, also their support for the resistance. But as you can see, it did not make a difference. And the people have come out in mass to welcome these individuals back home. I'd like to welcome my guests now to this spotlight. Out of Morocco, Kevin Baird, editor of Veterans Today. And out of London, Shabir Razvi, political analyst. Thank you both for being with me. Um, let's start it off in Morocco with Kevin. Um, Kevin, how important is this ceasefire for the Palestinians and how significant is it that the Israeli regime was forced into a deal? Well, this is a big win for the Palestinian side. Uh, there are no two ways about that. And increasingly, even Western commentators ranging from the pro-Palestine uh, Scott Ritter to the fanatical ultra-extremist genocidal Zionist John Bolton agree that this is a huge win for Palestine. The Palestinians had been open to and indeed calling for a ceasefire and a hostage exchange. The main tactical purpose of the Al-Aqsa storm operation was to take captives who could be exchanged for the 10,000 Palestinian prisoners who are languishing in Israeli prisons. And of course the Zionists then used this raid as an excuse to pump out absurd, mendacious hate propaganda based on lies, and then use that as their excuse to decimate the civilian population of Gaza. 
And they wanted to keep doing it. And they said that they were going to eliminate Hamas and they weren't going to stop until they eliminated Hamas. That was their goal. And of course, they won't be able to achieve that. And now they've had to negotiate with Hamas and the rest of the Palestinian resistance and accede to its uh, requests for a prisoner exchange. And all of this is making the Zionists look terrible in the eyes of the world and even in the eyes of people like the administration in the U.S. They can't fail to notice the bad behavior of the Zionists who are re releasing these prisoners who've been horribly mistreated in Israeli prisons and telling them not to be happy, not to smile, don't celebrate. Uh, it's, it's, they're almost a, a walking caricatures of, of uh, villainous. You know, they're, they're almost right. walking anti-Semitic stereotypes. Whereas the Palestinian uh, side, when they free their prisoners, it's all smiles and it's like, uh, hope to see you again. And they're, you know, they're obviously on very, very good terms with their Israeli prisoners. We've seen right. video footage of that. So this whole thing is, is a huge black eye to the Zionists. And it's, it's a one in what, inshallah, will become a long series of strategic defeats for the Zionists. All right, we definitely hope so. Well, Shabir, since 1967, there have been over a million Palestinians who have been captured by the Israeli regime. I mean, the regime says that they are arrested, but in reality, they have been kidnapped, uh, many of them not charged or uh, trumped up charges. Um, how was this even allowed to happen? And how is it that the majority of the world knew nothing about this? Hello, good evening. Good evening. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Look, firstly, uh, condolences to all the martyrs in uh, Gaza and the West Bank over the last 50 odd days, and of course, for the last 75 years but particularly currently the brutality that has taken place. And of course, to uh, you know, uh, support to the injured and their families who are obviously feeling the pain. Look, uh, at the end of the day, the figure of a million has come out in the recent past, if I recall, because what has happened fantastically as our uh, friend from Morocco was commenting that uh, the reality is that the veil of so-called democracy, humanitarian, a bastion of uh, Western civilization in West Asia, which is sort of named the Zionist entity, was getting away with it. And not only that, it has also become very clear in the last few days that Israel not only uh, uh, um, sort of uh, takes ordinary uh, people from the West Bank and Gaza, particularly West Bank, as hostages, as you know, your opening comment was, that these Palestinians are hostages. They are not prisoners. They are not sort of uh, criminals uh, who have been taken in. They have uh, hostages. And even if a person dies in prison, the body is kept there for, uh, you know, 40 years, 50 years, some of them in uh, cold storage to inflict more pain on the Palestinians so that their loved ones cannot be buried and, and, and the families can go and visit the graves of these individuals. So the crimes are compounding over the years, and it is becoming very clear that the PR campaign that the Zionist regime and its supporters in the West used to sort of uh, parrot all the time what is known in, in, in the Zionist uh, sort of uh, 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 lexicon, Hasbara, 
was used to hoodwink the public over the last so many years. But this particular uh, carnage that the lunatics who have been sort of lynching the little babies over the last 50 days in Gaza is becoming very clear that they have real no, really no humanity in them. They have no moral fiber and their ethics does not exist. So this veil of hypocrisy from the Zionist regime has disappeared. And that's why you see demonstrations uh, in London and all over the world coming out against the Zionist regime. And secondly, also uh, Washington, the European countries, certain European nations who have given a carte blanche to the Zionist regime to continue the mayhem that has occurred over the last 50 odd days in Gaza. And let's not forget, continuously mm. in the West Bank also for the last 50 days, where two, three, four, ten people are killed on a daily basis. And I understand about 3,000 have been abducted in that period uh, also. So all this is, I suppose, uh, a, a, a God-given uh, sort of uh, uh, elucidation uh, of really what the Zionist regime okay. is and what okay. its Western backers are doing. Well, Kevin, um, all the Palestinians who've been released by the Zionist regime were women, our kids, and our kids at least when they were um, originally taken. Why do you think the Israelis have aggressively targeted kids and women? And we, we've seen in the heavy bombardment, this genocide on Gaza, um, that the majority of individuals who've been killed have been women and children. That's uh, it's a very strange aspect of Israeli mass psychology, this hatred of Palestinian women and children. The former justice minister, Ayelet Sheked, who is still currently a close associate of the Netanyahu camp, uh, made a, a bit of a, a stir a while back when she openly called for the murder of the little snakes, that's what she called Palestinian children and babies, little snakes. She said they all had to be killed, and the mothers who bear them needed to be killed as well. And in saying that, she wasn't just getting, you know, she didn't get fired. She didn't get even reprimanded from within Israel because this is a part of shared Israeli mass psychology, genocidal hatred of Palestinian women and children. We see this also in the famous one-shot two kills shirts worn by the IDF. That's their favorite t-shirt. It shows a Palestinian woman with a, a large uh, belly. She's obviously pregnant and there on her belly is uh, a target indicating that the, the Zionist snipers are completely aware that they're deliberately killing uh, Palestinian women and children. And indeed, Chris Hedges, the famous American journalist, uh, wrote in his article, Gaza Diary, about how he repeatedly witnessed Israeli soldiers barking out obscene insults over megaphones in order to lure Palestinian children within range of their guns and then shooting them in the stomachs for sport. Uh, so there is a, a, a psychosis or maybe a psychopathy deep in the soul and mind of the state of Israel. Why do they hate the women and children so much? Well, because they know that the existence of the Zionist entity in Palestine requires genocide. And genocide means eliminating the people of Palestine. 
And it's women who give birth to children, as Ayelet Shaket said when she called them little snakes and the mothers who bear them. And so Israelis just want to kill off and extinguish and exterminate and rid the land of all natives. It's, it's a genocidal settler colony. And that's what Israel has always been. And as our other guests so eloquently said, the mask has now dropped and the whole world mm -hmm. can see what Israel really is. Well, Shabir, estimates vary as to the number of people who've been killed in Gaza as so many are still under the rubble from between 15,000 to 20,000 or just some of the estimates. Um, and it is quite shocking to fathom. And yet the bombings were watched in real time for 48 days without being stopped. I just want your thoughts overall on, and what does that say about the so-called existence of the international community that's supposed to um, make sure that they stop um, disputes and, and stop war and war crimes. And yet this has gone on for 48 days live. Well, look, uh, it's very clear that the Zionist entity was created by the British, the city of London where I am sitting back uh, over 100 years ago under the Balfour Declaration and then continuously was supported by British when uh, Britain had a mandate after the uh, First World War and uh, after the Second World War and then obviously the creation of the uh, um, uh, state of the Zionist entity. So, and also uh, like Biden, when he was a young senator said, if Israel wasn't there, we would have had to create it. So really it's a colonial racist imperialist project which has been planted in West Asia to control the resources very clearly that, of course, you know, West Asia is resource rich, oil, gas and so on. 25 percent of the world energy resources come from that part of the world. So what better way than to have a foothold in that region? So that's one sort of aspect of it. Of course, the second is that the former imperial powers, whether it's Britain, France, Holland, Spain, Germany, they, and Belgium, a tiny, pathetic little country in Europe, killed millions of people in Congo. So really, they have a history of eliminating the indigenous people globally. Therefore, they don't have a moral standing at all in any way to criticize an illegitimate child of theirs, which has gone completely astray. So the reality is that uh, that's the second point, why uh, they do not want to sort of in any way try to sort of uh, uh, curtail what uh, the Zionist entity has been inflicting, not just uh, since 7th of October. As I said in my earlier comment, this has been going on for 75 years plus right. uh, from the time that the state of uh, the Zionist entity was created. Okay, so let, me, let me get Kevin back in on this discussion. Stay with me, Shambir. Um, hey, Kevin, now military experts from around the world are talking about the barbaric nature of the Israeli bombardments on Gaza, the type of weapons that they've used, along with the scale of the strikes on this densely populated area is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, why would the regime react in this way. It, it, it almost appears as if 
um, uh, uh, basically they're shooting themselves in the foot because on the other hand, when people see this and see this is against a civilian population, these type of weapons, why do you think they have chosen to react in this way? Well, I, I think there are two factors involved, and one is a kind of a, a psychological factor that's peculiar to the Zionists. Their culture, uh, even though most the Zion founders of, of Zionism and probably most of the leaders, not all of them today, but most of them, are not religious, but their Jewish heritage conditioned them to believe that they are a special people who is always being persecuted and plotted against by the whole world. And of course, Jews have been kicked out of many, many dozens of countries throughout history. And so there's a kind of a tribal paranoia that manifests itself in Jewish identity and also is tied in with a kind of lust for biblical vengeance. And we see this in the story of the uh, murder of 70,000 Persians in the book of Esther and elsewhere in the uh, Jewish scriptures. So there's that cultural factor that still influences these atheists who run Israel today. They're uh, paranoid and uh, they're, they're paranoid, psychotic, hate-filled maniacs who feel that the whole world is against them and trying to push them into the sea and that they have the right to go out and commit atrocities against their designated enemies. Uh, it's a kind of tribal psychopathy. So that's one aspect of it. And then the other aspect of it is that they're completely free to indulge in this tribal psychopathy because they think they can get away with it with some reason. They've been getting away with mass murder, getting away with outrageous crimes, just off-the-scale crimes uh, that you would think would get their entire people in, in really bad uh, conditions. They've been getting away with stuff for so long. You know, they've, they got away with you know, murdering United Nations people, uh, sending letter bombs to President Harry Truman and to the Prime Minister of Great Britain uh, during the period when Israel was formed. They got away with attacking American targets in Egypt with the false flag Levon affair in 1953. They got away with trying to sink the Liberty, the U.S. Uh, spy ship in 1967, killing 34 American sailors and wounding almost 200 others. Uh, they were going to blame it on Egypt, and they didn't. They got caught, but they got away with it. The U.S. covered up for them, and then they got away with blowing up the World Trade Center and murdering 3,000 Americans on September 11, 2001. I forgot to mention the Kennedy assassin, the two Kennedy assassinations that were largely driven by the State of Israel as well. And they've been getting away with murder literally forever. And they largely dominate the highest levels of organized crime, finance, and journalism here in the United States. And the entire journalistic establishment, which is about 50% Jewish Zionist in terms of the owners and editors and publishers, is running interference for them and helping them get away with genocide. So they're driven by a, a psychotic, psychopathic, biblical, uh, tribal vengeance complex and they have a history in the past 50 years of getting away with murder repeatedly and owning the United States, which allows them to get away with murder. So that's why they mm. think they can get away with almost absolutely anything. And uh, we'll see whether that confidence ends up being justified or not. I think it won't be this Okay. Time. Well, Shabir, um, as all eyes have been on Gaza, the Israeli regime has ratcheted up its attacks on the West Bank. Just today alone, eight Palestinians were killed. 
I mean, one, we look at what uh, they have done uh, in Gaza, and, and two, what's happening in the West Bank. I mean, what is the overall goal? What is the regime trying to do? Because it really does seem um, that in the middle of all of this, as it's increasing its violence, even on the West Bank, um, that this will actually go against them, because a lot more eyes are paying attention to what the Zionists are doing now globally. Well, indeed, a lot more people are watching it very clearly, and the pressure is mounting on the respective governments in the, uh, uh, you know, the, the Western countries, um, you know, whether it's USA, UK, France, all over, uh, demonstrations have been taking place. But the key point is that the psychosis that our friend from Morocco was describing is has been articulated so clearly by the leadership. Uh, and, you know, one has to repeat this continuously because the Western media always repeats the story that uh, the resistance uh, is, is brutal. They uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, took so many people, killed the babies and so on. But really, Netanyahu talks about Amalek. The the uh, sort of the defense minister talks about human animals. Then you have uh, you know the whole idea of mowing the lawn. Uh, all kinds of language that has come about. So your question, what is the uh, sort of aim, the intention? Really, is ethnic cleansing, genocide, pushing as many. Palestinians out of the West Bank and Gaza into either Jordan or, or, or uh, Egypt. And many of the uh, sort of uh, uh, Zionist politicians have said, why don't, you know, 50 nations take 25,000 each of the uh, Palestinians, therefore there will be no Palestinian problem. I would say, why don't the Zionists who hold, hold uh, uh, double or triple nationalities go back to their countries where they came from? Right. Right. Indeed. Really, Stay with me, Shafi. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm just about out of time. But really quickly, Kevin, one minute. Your, your thoughts. Do you think that this ceasefire will last? Well, uh, that's. I, I think it's about 50-50. There's a significant chance that it could be seriously extended. I think that the Biden administration, which is a Zionist administration, but uh, some of the people are not the same rabid neoconservative extremist Zionists that Trump had around him and that are around Netanyahu. And so some of those people may actually understand some of what we're talking about, that this is not serving the interests of this genocidal apartheid entity that calls itself the state of Israel. And in fact, they're undermining their own interests, they're undermining their own future, and they are going to all have to go back to where they came from, or maybe better yet, move, uh, move their entire nation to the autonomous oblast uh, at the Russian-Chinese border, because this isn't going to work for them. And I think some of the people in the Biden administration and the rest of in Western Europe understand this, and they're going to put pressure on the Zionists. And okay. the Zionists are going to realize that, that so they're in a hole and they need to stop you, digging. Out of time. I appreciate both of you being with me. Kevin Barrett, editor of Veterans Today, out of Morocco, Shabir Razvi, political analyst, out of London. And thank you, viewers, for being with us on another Spotlight. I'm Marzia Hashimi. Hope to see you right here another day. Goodbye.